welcome to the Platinum Passport Podcast. Today, I have on one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, my brother Gabriel Platt, and I am very blessed and honored to have him as part of my life. I am very glad that mom and dad decided to go ahead and have another one. I know you always say that they save the best for last. That is debatable. That's That's debatable. Uh, but I have to say you're pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I will take that. And thank you for joining us today for our podcast audience. This is Gabriel's first appearance on the Platinum Passport podcast, but it won't be his last. He will join us and be a co-host. Sometimes he'll host the show himself. This is just the beginning of what we hope to be a really adventurous and good journey for all of us really in the platinum family. So Gabe, I thought we would talk today about leadership and career development. People are always thinking about what's next for them and evaluating where they are professionally. And you have quite a story to share about what that journey has been like for you. And I would love to start with When you graduated from high school, (laughs) you left the stage on Friday. And what happened on Monday? On Monday, I was right at work. (laughs) Graduated high school on Friday the 13th. (laughs) And on Monday the 16th, I was showing up for work. Jumped right into the corporate America swimming pool. (laughs) Had to learn to swim right away. So But it was a great experience. But I have to tell you, I really am very happy to be a guest on the show. Oh. And I'm so excited for what you've been able to accomplish through the first season of the show. And really looking forward to where the show is going to continue to go and how it's going to grow and just how it's going to affect people, how it's going to enable them to really think about things and just enrich their lives. So I'm very proud of what you've been able to do. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. So I wanted to get that in. Thank you, brother. That was nice. And I didn't even have to pay you for it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about what that first job experience was like for you. It was a lot of responsibility. And I look back on it now and I didn't even recognize how important the job was Mm -hmm. and looking back in today's time and you know the jobs that people are getting coming out of high school and the jobs that people want to get as they further their career and and trying to make you know really good money that they can live off of Mm -hmm. i ended up really starting at that point right out of high school and Mm -hmm. i didn't really grasp the importance of that of the job and and what it meant those are things and a lot of times you don't recognize how life has happened to you <laughs> until right. you're able to look back. And it's something that I've really grown to appreciate over time, have even more appreciation for it now than than I ever did at the time it happened. And, and you know, I knew it was it was great. You know, mm-hmm. the money was great. It was a job that at a company where dad had worked for years. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I, how I ended up getting it was because of what dad had done and the relationships that he had forged at the company. Just so happy to kind of continue the legacy because uh, what I've learned being here now, this will be my 23rd year 
Wow. What I've learned is his legacy and, and what he built and the reputation that he had mm-hmm. and still has is still carrying me even to this day. And it's Isn't just, that awesome? you know, it, it is really awesome when you, mm-hmm. when you think about that. So some of the successes, the successes that I've had, I can really attribute to, to my father and that, that I'm, I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is that you went to work on that next Monday, but you also decided to continue your education as well. How was that working and also going to college? A lot of people may remember the the baby bells. At the time, it was Bell Atlantic. Dad was working there. He knew I was going to be graduating, and uh, he found out about a program there. It was the summer hire program where we were either kids of parents who worked there or either we were friends of family mm-hmm. um, who worked at Bell Atlantic. I want to say, Clinice, I think it was around 20 of us mm. that were able to get that opportunity. And each of us either had a parent who worked there or we were a friend of family who worked there. One of the caveats is you had to go to college in order oh, to get that job. You did. Right. Okay. You had to be, because it was a summer hire program for college students. Mm-hmm. I was going to enroll in TCC. So I'd already committed to doing that. And so that was the prerequisite for getting there. I think it's funny because I've seen a couple, there are still actually a few of us who are still at the company now who started wow. out that way. Isn't that something? And you think of, of companies now and, and building a culture and bringing in people who can buy into the, the company culture, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you look back at the people who are still there. And that's one of the things that we, we had in common. We bought into the culture there and mm-hmm. we've still been able to, you know, grow with the company as they've, they've morphed into Verizon. We, we're doing things now that we did not do when I first came on in terms of products and services that we're offering customers now, completely, completely different <laughs> than mm-hmm. what it was, but the culture has built that into itself. So if you're there, you're, you're growing right along with the company. We all were going to college. And so what I was able to do was continue to work there while I was in school. I ended up going there, starting at TCC, which is a, a good lesson in and of itself. And, you know, so many times people feel like they have to start out at a four-year university. Mm-hmm. You may not have the money to do so. You're going out and, you know, a lot of people are inundated with student loans and things like that. And not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, right. but there are different ways to get from point A to point B. That's right. And one of the ways, which is great now, community colleges really afford people the opportunity to get their education, to do it in a way that's a little more affordable. And then you can transfer, you know, so oftentimes you see the commercial that says, you know, from here, go anywhere. Go anywhere. It's really true. <laughs> So what I was able to do was move on after my two years. I think I only went a year, a year and a half there. Mm-hmm. And then I transferred to Old Dominion University. But what I was able to do was work there. If I had classes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I went to work on Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. or vice versa. It was great. So through the summer, I worked every day. And then when school started, you know, I would I would work on the days I didn't have classes. So it was great family atmosphere, but at the same time, I was able to do that as I get, again, because dad had a relationship with the director here mm-hmm. at the time. 
and mm-hmm. he had worked with my dad for years. I got that opportunity along with two other people who were mm-hmm. actually going to school locally. And once they asked if they could do it, I found out. I was like, hey, I want to see if ask. I can do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they allowed us to do it. And it was great. You know, you, you ended up making good money, which is important when you're in college. You need some spending money also. And it also allowed me to pay for school. So it was great. Great experience. Wouldn't change it for the world. And it's interesting because you're talking about how you started mm-hmm. with what was originally identified as a communication company and now has become a technology company. And exactly. that speaks to the transition in and of itself. But then for you to start off as a summer hire, and now you're actually in management at this company. And I thought it would be very interesting to hear when you made the move to management, because that was how many years ago, three or four years ago? Right. About three and a half to four years ago now. Okay. So when you made that move, how did you feel about that? Was there any apprehension on your part about taking on that leadership role? When I first joined the company, that that was my goal. I always Mm. said, I'm going to pursue a management position here. I ended up leaving the company to finish school and I took on a myriad of other jobs here, working in the credit union, the commissioner of revenue, worked at uh, a company where we pulled network cable for some of the businesses around here. By then I'd gotten my degree. I'm thinking, okay, well, what do I really want to do? The money I was making before I left, I was nowhere close to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you really realize how blessed you were, right? (laughs) Exactly. I was nowhere close to that. It's not like I had a lot of bills or anything. So the lifestyle, <laughs> the lifestyle I had grown accustomed to without having bills and making good money. I had grown accustomed to being able to go pretty much do do what I wanted. Once I left that job and had to get other jobs, it wasn't the same. Right. And I remember sitting down in an interview with someone and they asked for the history of pay and scope of work and things like that. And mm. I shared that. And I just remember the look on her face. (laughs) And here I am, 22. You know, this is someone who's a little older than I am. And she looked at me and she said, there's no way. I can't do anything close to that. You know, at that time, I was just like, well, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I just, I need a job. So I took that. And it was a great job. I learned a, a great deal there and got to work with a lot of good people. And the customers were great. It just did not, as far as monetarily, it wasn't the same. Right. You know, you start looking back thinking, man, you know, I really had it pretty good where I was. I'm going to see if I can get back. But it it took a couple of years to do that. I wanted to do that. That's what I really wanted to aspire to do. But they made a lot of changes, what benefits and how benefits were paid and you know, what managers were having to pay for health care, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't seem as advantageous if it, as it did initially. You fast forward several years, I was married. We had four kids. My wife at the time was in the Navy. She was actually going to be stationed somewhere else. Having her stationed somewhere else, then that means, you know, I don't want her to leave and then I'm not able to go. Right. So where she was going, there were no positions as at the associate level there. 
that was also definitely a major contributor to, you know what, I need to see what, what, are, what other avenues are out there. I looked into it and they really did not have any associate level positions. The only thing they had was management. So mm. I said, well, you know, I thought about doing it before and I, I had had some, still had an inkling to, to still want to do that. You know, right. you got, sometimes you reach a point where you want to do more, you feel like there's more you can offer. Mm-hmm. And you're not as fulfilled in the position that you're currently in. You know, you're looking for something to, um, in a sense, self-actualization. You're mm-hmm. looking for that. <laughs> it actually was, a, it was the perfect time. And God really, really used that to kind of push me out of the nest in a sense. So, yes, yeah, so I was able to do that. Uh, the position came along. Lo and behold, my wife didn't even have to leave. <laughs> So <laughs> that was God. He just, like you said, he just used that to push you right on out the nest. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So by that time, you know, the, the opportunity had presented itself and thankfully I was prepared mm-hmm. and I was able to step in and kind of seize that opportunity and I haven't looked back. Yeah. That was definitely a God moment for sure. As a leader, what do you think looking back over your life, were there opportunities that you saw leadership and has that influenced the type of leader that you are now? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, you know, you're my sister. We have a very similar background, <laughs> similar upbringing. You know, one of the things that always was instrumental in our lives was we were in church. We were raised in church. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we always saw and our parents were always very active in the church, active in leadership positions in the church and outside of the church, they were active in leadership positions. You know, they Mm -hmm. always were, they were always leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, It was natural for them, honestly. It really was. And they, they probably never really understood it in that way. I don't think so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't think they did. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, there's that term natural born leaders. Mm -hmm. Honestly, our parents, I have to say were that. And and I think if they would really sit down and think about what they did and how they did it, they would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was. And I watched that even at work, which is a very interesting dynamic to have the opportunity to work with your your parent. That kind is of so emotional cool. just thinking about it. But uh, oh, but wow. yeah. That yeah, is just cool. being able to yeah, being able to work with them. If I had an issue, I could call them. He could lead me through it. He ended up going into the training center where he was training people how to do the job. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because even to this day, people will come up and I'll, you know, I'll say who I am and I'll say the last name Platt. And they're like, oh, you know, are you, are you Clinton's son? (laughs) I am. And, you know, he's touched so many lives in that way. They remember how he taught them. And one thing about dad, he was very calm. Mm-hmm. Even if you made a mistake, he was very calm and he would let you know when you did such and such that wasn't really the right thing to do. You may want to think, you know, he was just yeah. very, <laughs> he guided you right where you needed to go, but you never talked down to you, made you feel horrible about right? what you did. <laughs> and it's funny, you hear, you know, I hear stories to this day about stuff like that, but <laughs> he was very particular about how he wanted things done, mm-hmm. but he had a way of guiding you through that. That was helpful. It was much more helpful than, than hurtful. So you right. learn from the experience and that's what a leader does. And, you know, you look at mom the same way. And even in her position today as a leader, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you had her on the podcast not too long ago, but, right. you know, and she shared some of her experiences. People gravitate to them. They like to talk to them. They like That's to right. share and confide in them. They're great listeners. You know, they don't always just tell you what to do, but they encourage you to think about it. Right. And a lot of times as a leader, that's kind of what you want to do. You don't always want to tell somebody, hey, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. But you want to be able to talk to them in a way that they come to the realization that you need them to come to. That's and, you right. know, once somebody comes to a realization and they feel like it was their, you know, their doing or they were able to contribute to where we're going to go from point A to point B, Mm-hmm. They're much more able to buy into it. They learn better. They make the better decision the next time, you know, and it, it just really helps to cultivate that relationship between the leader and the person who is following. That's right. As a leader, you're also building another leader. And as that's a leader, right. that's what you want to do. So that's right. That's what they've done. And that's where I learned that from. I learned that from my parents. I'm sure you can attest. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally attest. <laughs> and it's it's so cool to hear you talk about it because it's not like we've had this type of formal conversation before, but so many of the things that you're saying are exactly the way I feel. You're articulating exactly what I would say my experience was as well. And I think that that speaks volumes of how special mom and dad are. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, they were natural. They did not go to school for this. They don't have an MBA. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have a lot of the things that you and I are blessed to have. They did not have that, but yet, and still they came to the table with those things. You know, you talked about really the best preparation for being a leader was watching mom and dad. And you also named so many great qualities of a good leader is there anything else beyond what you've already said that you think is important for a leader to, or qualities that a leader should have and should display? The critical thinking, and you and I often talk about yes. this, you know, that's a piece that's missing from a lot of people now. Mm-hmm. You want to have some foresight as to what decision is being made and what are the repercussions of that decision. Right. In order to do that, you have to think critically. If I do this, this person is going to likely do this. And how is that going to affect where I ultimately want to go? How is this going to affect the other team members? Mm -hmm. You know, so there are a lot of things that you do or don't do just based on, is it the right timing? Mm -hmm. I know it's the right thing to do, but is it the right time to do this? Because is it going to really work well? Or is this going to sit us back and then we have to kind of forge ahead in a different way? And you want to be able to negotiate. Yeah. Oh, so true. So (laughs) there's certain things that, you know, you might tell someone, (laughs) hey, I need to do this. And they may not want to do it, but you know that it's something else that you can give them or something that helped them along that may Mm -hmm. help them to buy into it. Once that happens and you see the results and they see the results then it's easier to move forward from there. So critical thinking, negotiation. And one of the things personally right now that I'm dealing with in the team that I lead is conflict management. (laughs) 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 You want everybody on your team to get along, but that's not not always going to be the case. Right, right. For whatever reason, 
And right now, one person may be valid in their opinion, and the other mm -hmm. person may be valid in their opinion. But you've got to somehow bring them together for the common goal so that they can get past that point. Because if you don't, it's going to hinder what the team can do. Right. You know, you may think this is a small portion, not going to mean much. But when you're looking at the bigger picture, in order for the whole picture to be seen, for the whole goal to be realized, mm -hmm. you need everybody giving as much as they have. And they're not going to do that if they're at odds. That's one of the things I'm dealing with now. And then the last thing is just being able to motivate. Mom used to say, what makes them tick? That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Encourages somebody or what they like to do, knowing mm -hmm. how that affects, how that's going to affect their performance. You want to be able to know how to motivate people. So much of leading is really just having people skills and being able to read people to see what's important to people and being able to marry that against the results that you need. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to have people buy into what it is that you're doing and then be able to produce results that get to that end result, the, the bigger end result for the whole group. That's but right. everybody plays a part. There's no one person that's expendable. It's almost like the scripture where the body's fitly joined. That's right, right. Every piece, <laughs> every piece of the body, the finger, you need the finger, you need the toe, you need everything, everything in order yes. to make the body whole. So, mm -hmm. you know, those are things I think that are important in, in leadership. And I think the other thing that I just have to say as a sister, there have been times that I've been talking to you on the phone and you've had to put me on hold to deal with something. And I have just marveled at how well you were able to communicate with your team members. And they all, to a person, really give you such great kudos about, man, you're so great, or thank you, Gabe. That is so wonderful that they acknowledge the value and the fact that you really are a good leader. Like you said, a lot of that has come from what you've observed and what you've experienced with mom and dad and also with other things in our lives, not necessarily on the job training, right. but it has been significant. And I just love it. Sometimes I've gotten off the phone and called mom and dad and been like, guess what Gabe's for? <laughs> what the employee <laughs> said today? Gabe has the best employees. They really, really like him. And what's cool about that is that it hasn't just been with one crew. That's mm -hmm. been with multiple teams that you've worked with. As a sister, it is so heartwarming and gratifying to see that. And you're so calm. I think the fact that you are calm and that you do think critically is really just two great gifts because that way you can think things through and it allows you to not add to the fire if there is a fire but also to be able to think strategically about what's the next mm -hmm. move and what's important here. Right. That's really great. Our time is coming to a close. I can't believe it almost, <laughs> but I wanted you to tell me either a story about or a time when you witnessed true leadership in action in your life or where you saw poor leadership and either of those stories and how that impacted you. I've, I've seen good leadership 
in several instances and I've seen bad leadership in several ways. <laughs> but you know, one of the things ab about it is you can learn from both. Sometimes poor leadership teaches you sometimes more than you would learn in with with great leadership. I agree. Because you can see things, you can see how people react. You know how it makes you feel when mm -hmm. you're led by someone who is a poor leader. You know, I say I've, I've had the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> That's one she way of saying it. <laughs> she has been led by a poor leader. One of the major things that it does is it isolates everyone that is being led by that person. That's and true. if it's not everyone, it's majority of the people. So often, everybody's coming from a different walk of life. To be able to get all different people in a room on board to reach one goal together, mm -hmm. that's when you know you you have great leadership with everybody's pulling in one direction. That's right. This year, one of our slogans is one team, one direction. You know, when you're able to do that, it makes a big difference. But what poor leadership does, it isolates people mm. where you don't feel like you can trust the person that's on your team. The communication is different. You know, you often get people talking about other team members mm -hmm. and not in a constructive way, because even in when you have a great leader, you may have differences of opinion and you may talk that out. But it's in a constructive way where people it builds up that person to come up to the level that they need to be at mm -hmm. in order for the team to succeed. But oftentimes when it's the other way around, you have that poor leadership what happens is people end up, you know, they're talking about somebody and then that that develops, that grows its own momentum. And mm -hmm. then someone else starts talking about that person. Or you know it, you just have a team of different people pulling in all different directions and you never get accomplished what you could get. Right. Some things still work, but it'll never be at the level that it could. You're just treading water until eventually you're going to end up drowning. And once you do that, you you know, you're underwater and you can't succeed. You see people, you know, we took a swimming class <laughs> <laughs> years back, but you know, it's one of the things that tell you don't panic because right. as you start to panic, you start to sink. Mm -hmm. you know, you're moving all over the place. And that's what a team does where it's disjointed. Right. It's moving all over the place. Everybody's doing their own thing. And eventually you start to, you know, you start to get a little bit lower, a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're in quicksand. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're under great leadership, everybody's calm. You're pulling together. You're talking to one another. You're encouraging one another. Hey, mm -hmm. you can do this. I can help you with this. How about this? Have you thought about this? It's an answer right. to your problem. As opposed to in poor leadership, somebody's having a problem and everybody's like, hey, you know, whispering to one another. You see such and such over there. You right. see what they're doing, don't you? Yep. You know, and that person's just flailing out there by That's themselves, right. watching them go under, not realizing if they don't succeed, your whole team doesn't succeed. Absolutely. I, I have definitely experienced that. It takes time to kind of build that camaraderie back up. You know, once leadership changes, something has to change. Otherwise, it, it's going to fall apart. Right. Once you, you know, you start to build up again, you know, you can start to realize the goal that everybody had in mind from the beginning. And you start to have that team building and 
you start getting people laughing and enjoying coming to work, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't even enjoy coming to work when, you when it's do the other way. Not. It, it's an experience to have. It's one where, you know, I would say at first glance, I would say I don't want anyone to experience that. But in some ways, I think you need to. Then there are different levels of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to get there you to go levels. all the way down. Right, there are different <laughs> levels. But in order to really appreciate the great leadership and to develop your own leadership style, even if you don't experience it firsthand, you need to see it, the negative impact that it has. I've seen that. Right. Definitely seen it. <laughs> so... <laughs> You are still on, of course, your leadership journey, I'm certain. What are Mm -hmm. some of the things that you have done or that you are doing to continue to develop yourself as a leader? One of the things that I did is I went back to school for my master's. I got a couple of certifications, definitely some individual professional development that Mm -hmm. you have to undergo. But, you know, you have to look at where it is that you want to go, the people that are already there, what mm-hmm. qualifications, what characteristics do they have, and how do you compare? Because if you're going to enter that arena, you're probably going to need to have some of those attributes. And looking at that, those were things I felt I needed. It would make it easier to kind of you know, move into that space. One of the other things, too, is being able to be confident enough to reach out to those people in that arena who are where you want to be. I've started to do that a lot more. I would say in the past year, Mm -hmm. um, I've developed some good acquaintances at work. It builds your network. Right. So that if you are looking to do something, then, you know, you have people who are already, you know, acting in that space who you can go to and say, hey, you know, what about such and such? Or how do I do this? Or what would you think about this? You know, you can bounce ideas off of one another. And then once you do that, it gives you a better kind of inclination as to what you need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. In fact, even today, <laughs> before um, we you know, embarked on our talk here, I had a meeting with someone who is going to serve kind of as a mentor for me, who's already working in the space that I want to try to get into. You know, he had some great insight, learned a lot from him. And this was our first meeting. So we've already developed kind of a plan forward. We'll probably meet again next week. You have to do those types of things. And one of the things that you need to do is do that not too often, but at least once a quarter, Mm -hmm. you might want to reach out to someone and have multiple people. Right. Because one of the things that I've learned is people have different vantage points from how, you know, how they're looking at the same thing, being able to kind of take a little bit from each person and develop your perspective on it kind of helps you be able to see it a little clearer. Well, this has been really great. Of course, you and I could still talk for, I know, (laughs) another hour or two. I appreciate this conversation because one of the things that I'm very passionate about, of course, is talent development, but also Mm -hmm. helping people to think about what's next for them not being afraid to launch out and recognizing that each of us is a leader. And as a result of that, wherever we find ourselves, we need to be cultivating and developing ourselves as that leader. And it's been wonderful to hear your story in terms of where you are today, how you started way back, walking in as a summer hire. (laughs) And now- 
now you're in management and not just satisfied to be where you are now, but you're seeking to continue to rise up that corporate ladder. And I think that your story is inspirational and encouraging and had some really great insights for us. I wanted to, before we end our conversation, move right into our guest travel log. As you know, the Platinum Passport podcast, our theme is about Destination Life Inspired. So we can't talk about Destination Life Inspired without talking about actual travel as well. This Platinum Passport guest travelogue brought to you by the Platinum Group. Here we go. What was one of your favorite trip locations? I would have to say Europe. The year we went to Europe was just, mm-hmm. it was wonderful because it really opened up your eyes as to what's out there in the world. You just don't see it from the United States point of view. And you know, I'm big into soccer, yeah. uh, which is something, <laughs> which is uh, the world's, it's the beautiful game. It's the world's game. <laughs> so many times you watch uh, the other countries are really, you know, a little bit better than, than we are. We're making progress. <laughs> But, you know, you see, you're watching it on on TV and you're seeing how they're reacting to it. And so many times you realize that we're all very similar, no matter where you go in the world. We're all people. We all have the same aspirations Mm -hmm. and dreams. That was just wonderful to see that, to see it firsthand. So I really enjoyed that trip. That was a great eye opening for sure. Absolutely. Favorite traveling accessory? Probably my iPhone. You take a picture, take a video, look up stuff, Google Translate, whatever right. it is, you know. So I, I would say the cell phone. That's cool. Who is your favorite traveling companion? This is a multiple choice, and you can choose more than one. Your love, your family, your friends, you, yourself, or other. I would say love, family, and me. Cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and what would you say is your travel ID? Are you an explorer? Are you a chill and relax, adventurer, culture craver, foodie? This is multiple choice too. You can have more than one. I'm going to say definitely a foodie. Mm-hmm. That comes with the caveat. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to try everything. But... I do like to, <laughs> especially if it looks good, smells good and everything, right. I, I'm, I'm going to want to try it, but not everything. <laughs> uh, what were the other ones? Adventurer, chill and relax, explorer, or culture craver? I, I would say a little bit of all of it. Yeah. You know, one of the things we grew up doing when we took vacations was always going and, and taking the, the trolley through right. the area. <laughs> Or whatever it might be, just something showing us what the locals are doing and things like that. Right. And that's always been fascinating. And you learn so much about it, just really doing things do. like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say a little <laughs> bit of all of them. Okay. And your last question is, what is your dream destination? I would like to go to Spain. Mm-hmm. I really would like to go to Australia, too. It just Me seems too. like a, a beautiful place. It'd be nice to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. Definitely Hawaii. We've, we've never been there. And my wife and I talked about going there. 
One of the things that she and I have talked about too is the cruise because she's oh. never been on a cruise. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, I think that would be great. But yeah, I, I definitely would like to go to some other places in Europe too, just to I to see it, to experience it. Um, there's so many beautiful places in the world and you've got to get out there and, and see what it has to offer so you can really appreciate where you are and what you have. That's so, exactly right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gabriel, for being a guest on the Platinum Passport podcast. It has really been such a pleasure. And like I said, you're one of my favorite people and I really do always enjoy talking to you. I am looking forward to you being on the show as the podcast continues. I'm hoping that people will listen to your story and be inspired themselves to continue to grow and to develop and to become the leader that they were meant to be. So thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. And one thing I would say too is Mm -hmm. not all the time as a leader, do you have a title? You don't have to have a title to lead. You can lead even as a, quote, follower, uh, lead in your home, lead in your family, your job, but you don't have to be a, quote, manager to be a leader. So definitely, I want people to really understand that because that's very important. But I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. It's been great. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. (laughs) And that is the perfect, perfect way to end the show today. Your Platinum Passport has been stamped. I look forward to seeing you at our next destination.